This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Uh, I want to continue in our series, but how many would like to hear a joke? Okay, let's lift this, this service up, amen? I hope this joke lifts it up. So a priest and a minister and a rabbi want to see who's best at his job. And so each one goes into the woods and finds a bear and attempts to convert the bear. Later, they all get together. The priest begins, when I found the bear, I read to him from the catechism and sprinkled him with holy water. Next week is his first communion. So I found a bear by the stream, says the minister, and preached God's word. The bear was so mesmerized that he let me baptize him. Then they both looked down at the rabbi, who was lying on a gurney, all caught up in a body cast. And looking back, he says, maybe I shouldn't have started with the circumcision. <laughs> Moving right along, we're talking about pruning in this series, amen? If your kids ask, Dad, what did he say? Just say, Pastor Mike's talking about pruning. Amen. So this is the fourth week in our series, How God Prunes Us in the third part. Our text is Luke 24. Luke 24. Um, if I can get this to work here. Help me along with that. So for some reason, we're not... Thank you. Luke 24, and it came to pass as Jesus sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were open and they knew him. And what we've been saying, uh, I do have a little bit of recap here that I think it's important to share with some new things that I've been studying and I didn't, hadn't touched on. So if it seems like there's some recap here, there is. But there's some things I, I, I just want to touch on. And we said this, that when God blesses us or bless things, he breaks it. Now, when we say breaks it, he doesn't break it for destruction. He breaks it, come on now, for our good. How many of you know if I got pride in my life, to be broken of pride is a good thing? Oh, that's what we're talking about. I'm not talking God's out there trying to kill people, give them disease and all of that. Can I get an amen? We have a real devil out there. The Bible says that the devil comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Okay, and so when we're talking about, we're talking about issues of the heart. We're talking about our character issues. And, and how many of you know that if you're a loner all by yourself, you can think you're pretty spiritual until someone comes into your life. Isn't that right? You meet people, you know, they just rub you the wrong way. And, and, and those are, you know, fruit testers and, and we'll get into all that. But we said this, that it's in the breakings of life that we recognize God's presence and his true blessings when we go through situations, albeit some of them very difficult. Even situations what the enemy meant for evil, God says, I'm going to take what the enemy meant, what he did. I didn't do that, what he did. And I'm going to turn that around for your good. Amen? Only God can do that. Can you say amen? And so this other text here in John 15, 5, we said, Jesus said, I am the man. Talking about how when God breaks things, blessed, we're talking about this principle of pruning that is, is throughout the scripture. John 15, 5, Jesus said, <clears throat> I am the vine and you are the branches. If you stay joined to me, somebody shout if. Well, there's a contingency here. We ought to play a part in staying joined. Staying joined with the Lord. If you stay joined to me and I stay joined to you, then you produce lots of fruit. I don't know about you, but I want to produce fruit. Amen? 
How many want to produce fruit in your life that's remaining? Fruit. But you cannot do anything without me. Now we just kind of emphasize that we cannot do anything. And we talked about, you know, there's a teaching in the body of Christ that's been focusing so much. Uh, I think there's a truth to it, but whatever, I don't know what it is about the body of Christ. When they get a new teaching, they go from one ditch to the next. Then after a while, it just kind of come to a place of harmony. And, you know, there's this teaching about, you know, we want the blessings of God. We want to increase. And I mean, who doesn't want that? Amen. And, but remember, with God's blessings comes his breaking. <laughs> Amen. So you can like, you know, I want to prosper. I want all these things. There's, God says, okay, okay. But I need to do a work in your heart because I see this area in your flesh that, that you don't see. It's a blind spot. And I want to bring my truth to it and bring, so, you know, your life can manis- manifest Christ, him alone. Can I get an amen? And so, but the thing about it is, is, you know, we've fallen in love. A lot of us are, you know, there's this teaching with following in love with the fruit instead of the vine. Amen? Pursuing the fruit, the fruit, the fruit, but the fruit's only there because you're connected to the vine. Amen? And so we need to come back. We need to come back. And, and we've talked about that, that uh, we have these relationships with the promises of God, but not the God of the promise. And God's saying that, you know, you know, we don't, want, we don't want to be Christians that we only want what Jesus can do for us, but we don't want Jesus. Amen? Did that, did, was that life-giving? I don't know. <clears throat> and so, so the, the promises, the blessings of God come from being connected to the vine. And Jesus is the vine. Can you say amen? And so he says, if you abide in me, there's that contingency, if, if you abide in me, One commentator says, a believer's failure to abide and therefore bear fruit leads to a loss of fellowship and discipline from God. Why? Because he loves us and he knows that if we stray and we're wayward, how many know that the Bible says that Jesus leaves the 99 sheep for the one? Isn't that right? So in other words, he's going to, it's like say, took the whole congregation here and say, I'm going to leave all of you for one that's out there. One that's wayward, one that's going away to go after that sheep. That's how much he cares about the lost. That's how much he cares about, about, about his, his children. Can I get an amen? So we talked about this God even prune faithful Christians. Yes, he does. He, he prunes them. John 15, 1, 2. So Jesus said, I am the true grapevine. My father is the gardener. We talked about that. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that are no bear fruit. So they will produce even more. I wanted to focus on, come back here. I know we're recapping, but this part where he says he cuts off, or I believe the King James says he removes. You know, let me just say this, that, that you don't have to be doing something wrong to be pruned. Because some of you are wondering, like, what's going on with me? There's something going on in my life here. And why do these things happen? All these bad things are happening. And, 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 and you don't have to be doing something wrong. You actually could be doing something right to be improved. Doing the right thing, following God. Not, you're not doing anything wrong. Because sometimes we feel that when we go through difficulties and trials and circumstances that somehow we've brought it on for ourselves. Well, you know, how many of you know the Holy Spirit is God enough to tell you you brought this on? Isn't that right? He could, he could tell you, you know, he's going to speak to you. You know, you know, you need to make this right. This behavior here, this is the way you've been, been walking. And so it's actually when you're doing things right, that pruning takes place, that pruning takes place. And so, so just deal with it. God is going to prune each and every one of us. 
Say that with a smile. <laughs> he really is because he loves us. He loves each and every one of us. Notice, though, it says that God, the Father, is the gardener, and he's the one who cuts off. Now, what does this mean? Because I kinda, it seems kind of harsh, doesn't it? I mean, it just it seems, okay, God, what, what are you saying here? And there's a couple schools of thought. And you can adhere to either one. It's fine. I'm not going to argue with that. Uh, sound like a politician up here. I don't mean to be. But, uh, <clears throat> but you know, two schools of, of thought. One is the one saved, always saved. And we won't get into all that. That means those who have received Christ, that, you know, no one can pluck him out of the hand. And, and I believe there's a truth to that, that when we're truly saved, I mean, God keeps us. Can I get an amen? But there's people that believe that there's nothing, no matter what I do, once I'm saved, I can never be cut off, no matter how I live. And, and there's a question. In that. Then there's the other teaching in scripture that you can lose your salvation according to Hebrews 6 and, and other verses. And, and, and then there's those things that, you know, you do one thing wrong, that's it, you know, that's it. God cuts you off. I don't believe that. I just think uh, people, you know, they get on a slippery slope uh, and they fall further and further. So, so in light of those two schools of thoughts, let me just say this. You could either look at this branch that gets cut off as, number one, either a dead branch is, you're a dead branch. You come visit the church, you're not really saved. You just come around because you're coming for the girl <laughs> or the guy. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah, it's just a dead branch. You're not really too safe. So you're not going to produce any fruit. So, so there's that teaching there. Just cut, cut that dead branch off. Just kind of, you, you, you don't know the Lord. You're maybe religious, attend church. I mean, I know there are a lot of religious people that go to church that don't know the Lord. It's, you know, sad, but and for, gone for decades. It, it's just like they miss it. And, or, you know, there's this other teaching that you're carnal, fleshly Christian. The Bible talks about that in Corinthians and many other verses that, that uh, you're not living for God. And you're like a, like a dead branch. You're not producing fruit. You're, you're, you know Christ. You claim Christ. But there's no evidence in your life that you're a Christian. If someone were to take you and bring you to court and there was an attorney and say, All right, prove to me you're a Christian, they'd come up empty-handed. No behavior. But you claim, oh, I'm a Christian, I, yeah, I know God. Where's your fruit? So, so the Bible talks about that, about uh, fleshly Christians. Now, I just remember the parable, the parable of the, the, the dead fig tree in Luke 13. So he said to the keeper of the vineyard, look, for the past three years I have come to search for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Therefore, cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? <laughs> Sir, the man replied, leave it alone again this year <clears throat> until I dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. But if not, you can cut it down. Wow. You know, <clears throat> how many know that God is really patient with us? Amen. He's very patient and, and, and he cares. And, and that's going back to this uh, a verse here in John 15, that Greek word for taketh away or some translations say cut off. Actually, it's the, it's the word iro. And it's actually, it's quite interesting as I dug into it. There's, a, there's about four or five meanings to the word and most uh, translators translate it one way. But let me just bring you another point that I, I thought was interesting and ministered to me. Um, it actually means to remove, to cut, to take away, but it actually means to lift or to pick up. Now follow with me. 
To lift up in order to carry away, or to lift up the head, to raise from the ground. One commentator says that you could interpret this verse, every branch in me that bears not fruit, he lifts it up. That is it to keep it from trailing on the ground. Interesting. Interesting point there. In other words, he goes on to say, a fruitless branch is lifted up, watch this, to put it in a position of bearing fruit. How many, how many of you, if you planted a, a garden and, oh, my dad, he, he, he meant well. He would really start off strong in the spring and then he'd neglect the garden through the whole summer. <laughs> and so I would go out there and have to caretake for it. And, and so he'd plant tomato plants, but he wouldn't plant one. He'd plant two dozen or some crazy. I mean, he had eight kids. And so, you know, you go out, we need food, you know, go out, get out in the garden. Uh, you know, cucumbers galore everywhere, but, but he would leave them and I would go out there and they would be laying on the ground and there'd be those tomato worms, you know, all those, the, the leaves would be, and, the, and then the tomatoes are rotten because there's worms in it, everything's laying on the ground. And what you need to do is go in there to lift them up, tie them up, get all that stuff off there so they can be healthy. Interesting, interesting. How many know we serve a loving God? It's a loving God. And so I just thought, this is an interesting point. And you know, how? How does it do it? You know, what's, uh, what is it that lifts someone up? You know what it is? It's really, it's love to reach out to somebody. It's the love of God that lifts someone up. You know, David, he cried out in Psalm 3.3, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and honor, in the one who lifts my head. The one who lifts my head. You know, there's an old gospel song written in the 1800s. And it's, I'm not going to sing it, but I can read the first chorus here. It's called Love Lifted Me. I remember, remember that. It's an old gospel song. It says, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my desperate cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe I am. Love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Church, the love of God lifts our head. And some of you may feel like, yeah, man, that's me. I'm that dead branch. Yeah, I'm ready to be cut off. You know, God couldn't forgive me. No, the love of God is here to lift you up. The love of God is here to carry you, to get you to a place where you can produce fruit. How many love that? Say amen. Bible says in Proverbs 16, 6, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. So it's not the condemnation and judgment and hollering. No, mercy and truth. Amen? Did you get that? It's not just mercy only. It's mercy and truth together is what lifts us up. How many with me say amen? All right quickly here. We talked about these. We talked about how God prunes us. We won't take time and all that because I want to get on uh, to, to, to what I want to share here. His word prunes us. We talked about relationships with others. There's those fruit testers. And we talked about conviction, conviction. And we talked about how our conscience, how our conscience can either condemn us or it can affirm that a behavior or a part. I like this uh, tr translation we used of conviction, uh, conscience, excuse me. It's a built-in warning system that signals us when something we have done is wrong. How many understand this? Amen. Every single person has that. We all have that. The conscious is to our souls what pain senses are to our bodies. And it inflicts distress in the form of guilt whenever we violate what our heart tells us is right. You know, interesting, uh, listening and reading a, a book on combat 
and it talks about how they, that during World War II, that out of 100 soldiers, 15 to 20 of them would actually only fire their rifle at another enemy. In other words, the majority of them, when they were given the command to fire, fired over the head. Why? They didn't want to kill somebody. That's ingrained in our heart. How many with me say amen? And they study. They know how many rounds and how many, you know, how many people were killed. And it's like, what is it? And many of them that were on firing squads that they aimed, some of them would just shoot above just, just so they wouldn't have to, to deal with that. Wow. Why? It's in us. There's a warning system inside us that signals when something we have uh, done is wrong. Now, let me just clarify, you know, for, for military standpoint, there's a difference between murder and there's a difference between killing, okay? The commandment says, you shall do no murder, okay? But you know what? We won't get into the other right here, but <clears throat> so in these moments when God is pruning us, whether it's with something big or something small, we can either, watch this, be, choose to be faithful to God, allowing him to prune us, or we can use to, be, you know, we can make a choice to distance ourselves and walk away. All right? What does that mean? Our response to pain proves what type of branch we are. So that cut either separates us from God or it can sanctify us. That's not easy. That's challenging at times. Help me with me. That's challenging. So pain, it really doesn't prove anything. But when we are pruned, this proves that God is working in our life as we continue to grow and glorify him. One commentator says this about our conscience. He says, we are, of course, free to ignore our conscience and ignore it long enough. Watch this. If we compromise our morals long enough, it may cease altogether in warning us. That we, what we are doing is wrong is what the Bible talks about having a seared conscience. You know, I've heard stories where people said, you know what? I remember as a kid picking up that cigarette and, and smoking it. And I just thought, you know what? That's it. I, I'm, I, I'm never going to be addicted to cigarettes. Next thing you know, you know what? I'm never going to take marijuana. Next thing you know, they're smoking marijuana. Come on now. Are you with me? You know, you know what? I'm never going to shoot up. I'm not going to take those drugs. Next thing you know, in that. You know what? I, I'm not going to be impure. Whatever. Next thing. Sin takes you further than you want to go. All right? And it keeps you longer than you want to stay. And it sure costs you more than you want to pay. Amen? And so that's just the, the, the lie of the enemy. And so the enemy wants to sear our conscience. So we need to be aware of that, that you know what, that, that, that's why if you fall, that watch this, if you fall, fall forward, I say. Because you gain six foot one inch, amen? <laughs> fall, however tall you are. Fall forward, don't fall back. In other words, fall into the arms of God. I mean, you know that mercy and truth, he's there to pick you up. Okay, but when we isolate ourselves and we cut ourselves off, uh, that's where the enemy can come in. He can attack us. That's why it's so important to stay connected to a local church body. Why? Because we need each other. Amen. We need Christ in each and every one of us, each other. All right. Very quickly here, end with this one point. Um, how else does God prune us? He prunes us through steps of faith, steps of faith. Uh, God stretches us like, like uh, in many areas of our life in athletics or like for me, I, I enjoy uh, weightlifting. I've always done that. Some more intense than others, other seasons, but I just enjoy it. And, and how many you know, like there's thresholds in, in exercise, you know, there's certain things you go, could I do this? I remember one time as a kid, 15 years old, I think, could I ever bench 135? You know, one plates, could I ever get to that? And when you accomplish that, you go, could I ever do two plates? 
I know, some of you think, what is he talking about? But those of you in the athletic field know what I'm talking about. Could I ever do two plates? And then it's three plates. And then could I ever do four plates? You know, yes. And why? Those are thresholds. Those are areas that we push ourselves, watch this, and we, and we look back and we go, I didn't know I can do it, but I did it. I did it. You all need that experience in your life. Not necessarily weightlifting. Health and fitness is good. Amen. Some of you go, oh, health and fitness is good. Amen. Preach Pastor Mike. God's still speaking right now. Some of you thought, yeah, we're ending there. Faith always means risk. All right? Everything in life is a risk. And so he challenges us. God's challenging us to step out, to step out. And uh, even, you know, for some of you, it's a business startup. And, you know, it's that faith stepping out. Could this be? Could this be? And, and uh, I, I like, you know, some of you think, well, let's, you know, Take it easy. You know, being up here up in Midwest, what I really, I really love is, is there's a lot of organization. And I like you drive by some of the farms are so immaculately neat. You know, I just, I love that. And there's this, you know, everything has to have its place. And, uh, <clears throat> but, um, you know, some people there, you, you could kind of have the tendency of like, let's just, you know, hash something to death. Never step out and do it. Amen. And then God sends this crazy Italian here who just kind of says, step out and do it, but use wisdom. Amen. And I, I remember, I see this verse here. It's pretty interesting. Ecclesiastes, it says, when you work in a quarry, stones might fall and crush you. <laughs> no kidding. When you chop wood, there is a danger with each stroke of your ax. Such are the risks of life. What is he trying to say? Don't let the risks scare you to step out to do what God is doing. Some of you are in a different season right now, maybe a child rearing, and, and, and so God wants you to grow, help, you know, and, and, you know, put into your mind and your heart about raising kids godly, and you should read, you should study, you should grow yourself, listen to podcasts. Some of you are in an empty nest season, and it's a different season in your life. It's not a season to kick your feet up and say, you know, this is it, you know, my life's over. No, there's something new God has for each and every one of us. Can you say Amen. Step out. <clears throat> There's nothing we can do that doesn't have some element of risk. You know, you get the mail in the morning. Some of you, you got to walk across an interstate or whatever to get the mail. There's a risk in that. All right? I just remember living on Highway 27, driving by, and at times I'd have to stop. Sometimes I didn't even see these people. Walking right across Highway 27, get the mail every day. There's a risk. There's a risk in everything we do in life. But having that risk doesn't mean we should stop living and that we shouldn't step out in faith. How many with me say amen? You know, I think about in natural things, there's risks involved in stepping out in faith. When I was in the, the Marine Corps, I remember uh, looking at some of the section chiefs there. There were NCOs, and I just thought, wow, look at this 300, you know, million dollar piece of equipment. Would I ever be able to operate this howitzer, or this 19 or 8, or this, you know, whatever it is, a 105, and could I ever do that? And, and could I ever be in that position? And so I challenged myself, and I was willing to step out. And before long, I was a section chief and, and just continued to get promoted. <clears throat> you know what, in spiritual things, how many know God wants you to step out in faith? Amen. You know, some of the greatest risk is relating to other people. And God wants you to take that step at times to go, you know what, maybe I just need to walk across the room and talk and share what's in my heart. You know, uh, uh, times have gone and just talked with people and said, you know what, I just really sense this. I don't mean to be weird, but I really feel, can I pray for you in this area? You'd be amazed at how many people go, yeah, absolutely, thank you. Some would start crying right there in that moment. Because why? People just live for themselves. But people are hurting, and we are the instruments of God. Can you say amen? So 
Mark 12, 30 says this, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your heart, all of your mind, soul, and all your strength. So when you take a risk to love with all your heart, is it worth it? Absolutely. But there are risks involved in that. And Jesus reminded us that one of the greatest mistakes we can make is to play it safe with our lives. Play it safe with our lives. Luke 17, 33. Whoever tries to make his life secure will lose him. Whoever loses his life will preserve it. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. Wow. You'll lose it. I remember the part in the Indiana Jones movie where he has to, he comes to the edge of the cliff and he's got to get the cup for the carpenter and, and there's just this huge chasm and, and, and he's supposed to take this leap of faith. I think it was the, the, the third one. And, you know, that's not a bad picture of genuine faith. What is faith? Faith is stepping out. It's doing what God has asked you to do. And that may seem like pruning in your life. It may seem like an area is just like, wow, this is not me. This is not my nature. I like to play it safe. But God is compelling us to step out because he has more for each and every one of us. Can you say amen? Faith is stepping out. Doing what God has asked you to do when you can't see what will happen in the end. I think about coming back to Minnesota <clears throat> when I was here from 1990 to about 1992 and, and then I went back out east to help my father and his, his company and, and, and his ailing health and, <clears throat> and work with that. And then I got a call to come back to Minnesota. And to me, initially, I remember telling Rhonda, I said, that's failure. Why would I go back out there? I feel, I feel like I failed. I mean, I should be going from one place and, 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 and that's exactly what God was doing, bringing me back here. And I, I just remember just saying, you know, I wrestled for a couple of weeks, but I just said, you know what? I'm going to take this step of faith. I really don't know what the future holds, but I'm going to do it. And wow, God has blessed it. I, I couldn't even tell you, I couldn't envision any of this. But God has it when we step out in faith. How many with me say amen? So many times we come to the edge of faith in our lives. <clears throat> We're not sure where things are headed. And maybe for some of you this morning, or those of you listening by television, it, it could be a decision to start a relationship with Jesus for the first time. That's a risk. There's a step of faith that's involved. Maybe you need to trust him with a business decision. You say, well, I've stepped out. It doesn't seem like it's working, and I'm fearful of that. <clears throat> maybe it's a relationship issue, and God has relationships for each and every one of you, but you have to step out in faith. You have to step out in faith and God will meet you. There is a risk in stepping out in faith. And the question is, who will you trust? Who will you trust? Will you trust the Lord with all your heart? <clears throat> you say, well, what if I'm wrong? What if I make a mistake? What do people think? Who cares? Amen? <clears throat> Step out, do something. The problem isn't that too many people are stepping out and doing something. The problem is people are trying to be secure and hang on to things, and protect, and not take any risks. How many with me say amen? Now, I'm not pleased. Those of you just think, amen, pastor, go for it. You know, I, I'm very, I prepare, all right? I, I use, try to use wisdom, game-wise, counsel. I don't just leap off a cliff, but you know what? There are times you just got to go, like our new church building, we're going to step out in faith, and that's going to come to pass, amen? We just got to take that step. And we believe that's coming closer and closer here. <clears throat> and so, so you, you know, you wonder, you wonder, is God telling us what to do? So what do I do in this situation? I have a great illustration for you. Practice the 80-20 principle. What do you mean, Pastor Mike? I've heard that before in business. No. <clears throat> if you do the 80% in God's word, which is known, which is revealed, God revealed to you the 20% you don't know. 
Amen. So what do you mean, Pastor Mike? 80% of God's will. How many know the Bible is pretty clear on a lot of subjects? He said, well, does the Bible talk about smoking? I don't know. It says, thou shalt not be puffed up. Amen. So there you go. You got a verse. <coughs> so, but do the 80% that is clear in the scriptures. Amen. <laughs> but, but, but the 20% you don't know. Should I marry this girl or not? Should I marry him or not? Or should I? God will reveal to you. In other words, love your neighbor. Amen. <laughs> Spend time in God's word. Talk to God in prayer. Spend time with God's people. Love your family, your kids. Protect the way you speak to people. Be kind in your relationships. Stay connected in the local church. Be patient. What am I saying? Do practice the 80% that is very clear in Scripture, and God will give you that 20%. Stand with me if you would, please. Why does God prune us? Because he loves us. And he wants us to grow even more. Amen, church? You know, there's two things they say in a sermon. Tell them what you, you know, explain to them what you want them to know and do. And with every head bowed here this morning, what did I want you to know? I felt the Spirit of God this morning speaking. That God is pruning each and every one of us. To do, I want to encourage you to submit, hear me, submit to his process. Not try to make your life secure. You know, there's something that intrigues me about living off the grid. You watch some of these shows and they get their own water. They get their own electricity from the sun. They're totally <clears throat> cut off from the world, but they're supplied. There's something that intrigues me about that. God has not called us to live off the grid in our Christian faith. Seek to preserve our life. He's not called us to preserve our life. Step out in faith. Take the risks that God is leading you to take. Amen, church? With every bowed here, head bowed here this morning, you're, you're here this morning and, and you may not be in right relationship. And maybe when I shared about being in right relationship with the Lord, that spoke to you. There's a risk. What my friends say? I think I'm a, think I'm a religious fanatic. <laughs> You know, how could I? I'm connected in so much in my circles and my social media. I feel God is compelling me. I want to encourage you. Don't let fear hold back what God has for you. Take that step of faith. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, pray for me. I, I need to get right with God. I'm not right with him. Forgiveness, cleansing, and a lifting up is here this morning. You may feel like that that tomato plant or whatever, that branch that's, that's on the ground, feel like it's dead. And the Holy Spirit of God is here to lift you, to tie you up, to, to help fertilize and nurture you that you can produce. If that's you, pray with me as we pray corporately a prayer to receive Christ. Let's pray together. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. I give you my life. Take it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Lord, I'll not seek to preserve my life. I give it to you. Because in giving our lives to you, that's where we truly find life. Amen.
Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times in meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.